Hypothermia is not a good thing. The magic of cinema, ladies and gentlemen. Cold is warm as warm as cold. <laughs> Crawl inside this tauntaun, you dumb bastard. Roxanne, you don't want to do this, man. Okay. Ha ha ha. Lots of cocaine. Maybe that. It's a cross between demons and cats of Instagram. I'm into it. Okay, my chain smoking ass is done. I'm just kind of quiet. I bite my tongue. And I'm a hate filled rage monster. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks Podcast, the only podcast on the internet guaranteed to pass some sort of virus your way every single week, including the rage virus. I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> and how are we doing tonight, sir? Oh, sick as a dog. You, you sound you sound absolutely succulent. Just yes, yes. Thank uh, thank God right now for uh, Alka Seltzer cold because my nose was just gushing all sorts of great things, and uh, now it's not, and hence the podcast taping. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure it says on the side, do not take with alcohol. So what are you enjoying this evening? Tonight I am enjoying uh, Kilbegan. <laughs> oh, still on the Kilbegan. <laughs> I well, am, I yes. Can't, I, I can't hardly fault you on that. I'm back on the Canadian Hunter. It's, I know it may be, it may be boring, but um, I can't help it. It's freaking good. I was thinking maybe I'd hook you up with a bottle of that for that uh, PS3 controller. Oh, hey. Now we're think? talking. Yeah? Uh, that could be something. Yeah. I'd, now I'd you're speaking my language. <laughs> I because I was thinking about it today because we were discussing. Yeah, my one of my my PS3 controllers acting up, and it's so weird. It's not that bad. Like I can play with it for the most part, but the down direction, every now and then, like it just kind of the down direction gets hit. And on most games, that might not be a big deal, but on this particular game I'm playing, that brings up the change special weapons menu. So I'm in the middle of a frantic fight, and all of a sudden, menu pop-up. Menu pop-up. Menu pop-up. And it's like, damn it! Like, I'm trying to roll while I throw my ninja stars and shooting the gun while I'm trying to cast a spell. And I got So it pauses the game? Yes, it pauses the game in the middle of the fight to change special weapons thing. It's like, damn it! Yeah, like, uh, I'm screaming. I've, it's killed me more than a few times. I'm, about this. I'm like, this has got to stop. Yeah. So you only have one rem- one remote... No, I've got a I've got a wired one that I got okay. for it's a cheapie, but I got it so that me and Addy could play together because I was like, ah, I'm not spending back when PS3 was top dog or yeah. the, you know, I'm not spending 50 or 60 bucks on a new controller. It's so annoying. Uh just why don't they come with two for shit's sake? Anyway. I know. Um yeah, so I've been using that one now and it works. It works pretty darn good actually for a off third party controller it works mm-hmm. not bad but there's nothing quite like the actual first party controllers for those systems. totally agree yeah there is something about those first party controllers that just works yeah anyway so, yeah and then i was thinking about that today and i was like this this prick still has never had any canadian hunter i need no. to i need to force it on him this is the only yes. way i can get him to do things so yeah, and and what better way to, than to trade an old PlayStation Three remote or controller for booze? Yeah, deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that'll happen. I'm not sure when, but it'll happen okay. at some point when I have money again. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, how are things in your world otherwise? <clears throat> other Good. Than sick. 
Um, things are going well. I'm sure that, I mean, as with any head cold type sickness, this too shall pass. It's just one of those things, especially in the winter when the weather's lousy. Well, actually, any time of year having a head cold sucks. Now that I think about it, it's actually sometimes even worse in the summer when it's nice and sunny out and you feel like, what am, what is my body doing? It's revolting. Why is it sick right now? It's yeah. revolting against me. So it is what it is. I'll get better. It's just d- dealing with the public like I do. Uh, it's, I don't like being sick when I'm, I never like being sick, but especially when you have to work with the public and put on a happy face and pour drinks and all that stuff. It's like, oh, you sound sick and you're pouring my drink. Great. You're like, let me put my finger right in your ice cube. There I'm you go. I'm going to stir up your drink with my finger <laughs> and then suck the finger off and put it right back in. Put- <laughs> that's great yep yeah i know what you're talking about i i so rarely get that summer bug it it, maybe once every 10 years it's it's almost never happens when it's warm out i'm usually pretty good to go but yeah i I, this weather right now is killing me today i mean just raining and 60 degrees in january i hate it my my body shifted to cold weather yeah when it got cold and now it's it's too early warm and that i uh I just, like, my skin is crawling. I hate it. Yeah. Yep. Not that I, I love uh, the cold or something, but I adjusted to it. Now I want, I'm ready for that for a couple of months. To, yeah, let's just, just get on with it. And, yep, I I know what you mean. Let's yep. get all this Chinese conspiracy out of my weather, please. Because yeah. this is crap. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so okay. hopefully hopefully mixing uh, Alka-Seltzer cold and uh, scotch is a good thing. Mm, yep. Yeah. For your overall health or for your immediate happiness? For my immediate happiness is what I'm really focusing on right now. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Ah. Okay. Well, with that, let's move on to the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies in the hopes of finding those gems in the rough and sharing them with you. And last week it was Dracula's Great Love up against The Drop. These were two Blu-rays that we actually traded because it was like, hey, let's kick off the new year with a good roulette and yes. uh, start 2017 on a positive note, hopefully, because it is a roulette. Yeah. Uh, and I get to go first this week. Dracula's Great Love. Everything you said it was. It's uh, <laughs> gory and tits and 70s Italian <laughs> European filmmaking and vampire and yep, not much else to say about it. Just watched it and was like, uh huh, yep, uh huh. He said that, yep, yep. He said that, he said that, yep, yep. Uh-huh. And then it ends. Thumbs, thumbs up, like seven out of ten or so, I'd say. I, I'm not gonna freak out about it. I'll say I liked it better than um, most of the Hammer Draculas because this one was actually gory, like yes, legit it was. gory. Yeah, well, and it uh, was they, they were going for it with the gore and the like. You know, the, the TNA and it was, yeah, it was, that was R rated stuff there. Yeah. I liked it. It was fun. Um, excuse me. This thing definitely gets a gold star though, for something I talked about last week with the, that, that was opening credits. Oh my God. <laughs> Still my favorite part of the movie. That that was just wonderful. Yeah. Literally showed that guy with an ax in his, or a cleaver in his head, fall down those steps five times in a row. And just kept the credits rolling, like, oh, that scene's over. What should we show next? That scene again? again. Yeah. (laughs) And it kept going and going and going. It was fantastic. So Dracula's great love. Not much else to say about it. Thumbs up. 
Yeah. It, good stuff. But we have more interesting stuff to chat tonight, so I don't want to waste okay. a lot of time on that. But okay. I am dying to hear what you think of the drop, because that's not... I mean, uh, it's not like, oh, it's a Die Hard movie, you'll love it. Or, it's Goodfellas, you'll love it. So, where did you come yeah. out on the drop? Well, watching the movie, um, I immediately was like, oh, I'm, I'm on board. There, this is like mob type stuff. And, you know, there, here's the bar where these drops happen, where the mob money changes hands. And I'm, I'm liking, uh, Tom Hardy's character and James Gandolfini's character, excuse me, character. I'm like, I'm on board. Um, and then as it goes on, I kind of had a couple ups and downs here and there. Um, but, those ups and downs were all pretty much remedied by the end. Uh, Isn't that and what I how said? things, I'm like, I'm like, okay, enough with the dog. Enough. I get it. Okay. He likes the dog and the creepy scumbaggy guy that's threatening him. I'm like, grow a pair. Take care of this guy. Um, will you please take care of this guy? And m- mission accomplished. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not till you get to the end that you realize the whole time. Like I said, with his performance, it's not that he was slow. It's th- maybe it was that yeah. he's like the Hulk, and he was constantly holding back. Yeah, yeah, That's I, I, I like that. I because yeah, honestly, the most of the way through, I'm like, okay, so he's kind of slow, right? Or that's kind of like they wrote his character as being just you know smart enough to get by, but just a little bit, or uh, maybe like. Um, Asperger's or yeah, something. autistic, something yeah. just a little, yeah, scary. or none of that, just just holding in rage, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, exactly, <laughs> it, yeah, none of that. I'm just I'm just kind of quiet. I bite my tongue, yes. and I'm a, a hate filled rage monster. Yeah, <laughs> you with no, your baggy works. pants and your floppy shoes and the way you talk to women is despicable and blah blah yeah, blah. Oh, yeah, that, like, was, that ending was solid. I liked that, and I actually liked that. It ended actually on a positive note because I did not expect when there when the big twist type thing happens. I'm like, oh, everything is going to go straight to hell now. But it it actually didn't. It they wrapped it up nice tiny packet tiny package in the end. Yeah, and so another I, thing that I I liked about it uh, that I didn't think about while I was watching it, but you have several of the most beautiful actors and actresses in Hollywood in that movie. With Tom Hardy and Noonie Rapace. Rapace. Yeah. And I totally bought that they were completely average people in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because I, and I actually had funny you brought that up. I, rem- I remember watching this and there were several times where, you know, Noonie Rapace is having a conversation with Tom Hardy's character and, and like, I remember her as being way more attractive than, than this. And I hate, I say, I don't, I don't mean to say it like, you know, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Objectifying her, but it was just like, wow, they, she's just a everyday trying to make ends meet type of lady in, in, you know, in one of these boroughs that she lives in, wherever the, this is New York, right? Yes. Yeah, it's New York. I'm not sure which borough though. That was yeah. another thing that I liked about it in a weird way. The city was also kind of a character too. It just felt like normal people just in a normal kind of neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, just trying to get by. And yeah. Uh, Dog comes along and just fucks everything up. Oh so. yes, <laughs> uh, I'm glad they didn't go John Wick though in this. And that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, you liked it. I did. I mean, it's I'm, it's not one that I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that every year. But I was never bored. Um, I I I remember getting a bit like, oh, it's you know, like 
okay, enough with dumping on Tom Hardy's character already, or it just, you know, it seemed like, stand up for yourself, please. Yeah. He, he did. He yeah. did. Oh, oh. <laughs> don't, don't, don't unleash the beast. <laughs> yeah. He's a great actor. Man, he is. And I, I could be wrong, but I think that was coming right off of Bane, so that's why he was so still kind of huge. Like, oh, okay. Body wise, yep. like he's yeah. still—you can tell he's still ripped in that one. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, that's that that's true. Again. Yeah, it's a good movie. So that was that's what what's nice is if every now and then if we take these little reprieves from the Netflix, Amazon, or not uh, Amazon, the Netflix and Voodoo roulettes to actually watch ones that these are tried and true. These are like I like this. I think you're gonna like it because usually. Heck, even Villainous Guy. I thought Villainous Guy kicked ass. Oh, and you and I aren't too far off, especially since we've been doing this podcast. We've gotten, I think, that's what's really weird. Like, we've known each other for all our lives. We've practically done the podcast for all our lives. We just yeah. used to be hour-long conversations before the internet on the, yes. on the telephone. Like, oh, I saw <laughs> yeah. this. What did you see? I saw this. Okay, well, I think you'd like it. Check it out. Yeah. But the podcast has made it so, like, we really get to know each other's tastes even more even though i mean there's some stuff that automatically it's like oh, come on you're gonna like this shit but yeah yeah uh, i think we've gotten even better at recommending stuff uh because of the podcast yeah. and so now when we do it it's like yeah you're fine go ahead and watch it because i it, it ain't the shit we've been watching yeah <laughs> you know and honestly the podcast has has now that we're into 2017 it's just funny how many movies i watch now that I probably normally would not have because of the podcast. I'm like, you know what? I I kind of want to watch this one so that I can have an opinion on this on the show. Yeah. Which is, you know. And and so, so sometimes that works works out in my favor. And then other times it's like, well, that was 90 minutes of my life. Pissed down the <laughs> urinal. Straight to hell. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Yeah. The drop. Yep. Yep. Get the thumbs I, up. I, I was uh, looking over because I'm way behind on our email reviews, as you know. But I was working on December today because that's all uh, I'm up to December. So I did about two pages, uh, and I don't mean two pages of written reviews. I mean two pages of line by line lists of the movies that I need to review. Oh man! Yeah, oh yeah. I did. Uh, I did about thirty reviews today. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, just our short little couple sentence ones, but. That's a lot, though. I, it's a lot, but I'm, I'm also doing it on Letterboxd, so I get to see all my stats for the year. I can see how many I reviewed this year, like, to the number. Yeah. You need to get on there. You said last I year know. you were going to get on there, but you need to get on there. I think you would really enjoy it. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. And it it doesn't take any extra time. I just copy-paste, done. It's really easy. So that it... And other people can see it there, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like Twitter. You follow people, they follow you, and then you can see their reviews, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anyway, uh, let's next round. Um, that's great. We we skip right through the reviews. No problem. All right, we're speedy, and now let's just derail and talk about bullshit forever. Uh, <laughs> let me sell sell my movies to you for this next round. Back into the sewer we go. Uh, oh yes. Hopefully not. Um, in order of disappearance from 2014. When he sets out to avenge his son's murder, mild-mannered snowplow driver Nils sparks a war between a Norwegian mobster and his Serbian rival. Uh, this one's a little longer. I think it's like hour or uh, 110 minutes. But it has... Damn it, I erased his name. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is the main star of it. Yes. So it might be a Norwegian, Swedish, 
Finnish movie. It might be subtitled, but it yeah. sounds really cool, and he's a major name, so I think that's fine mm-hmm. to account for the extra time. <laughs> and speaking of names to carry a movie, next up is Skip Trace from 2016. To capture a crime lord who killed his partner, blah, 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 Jackie Chan, Johnny Knoxville. That's all you need to know. <laughs> oh, uh, and also, uh, Rennie Harlan. <laughs> Rennie Harlan. I was going to say, directed by Rennie Harlan. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and lastly, The Watcher from 2016. In this fact-based thriller, a young couple buys their dream home only to learn it has a grim past and that someone is watching their every move. 89 minutes. That's more your kind of... I, I know those first two are a smidge longer, so I wanted something in the, in yeah. the 90 minute range. So at least you have that. But I figured the names would carry those other longer run times. Yep. Okay. Okay. And on your roulette for the week, first up is Spidget <laughs> or Spidget or whatever. Uh, when bullies harass an overweight boy, he gains allies and begins standing up for himself. The question is, will that be enough? Um, I believe that that Why? is a, uh, well, no, I, I was going to say, I, I thought that that movie might be from another country, but the names, uh, while I don't recognize any of the names, they don't sound, uh, Bork Bork or anything like that. No, so. no, no. Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a trap. I see your boots. Go on. Oh, and next, next up is Coin Heist. Um, uh-huh. which, Another which, tween adventure. Yes, it is, but it's a Netflix original. Um, when a crisis threatens to destroy their high school for teens, hatch a daring plan to raise $10 million. Step one, breaking into the U.S. Mint. Um, did I mention that's a Netflix original? So there's I, I that. added it to my queue and it popped up just because it's a Netflix original. But then I yeah. went and looked at the cover art of the, with the four main characters and pouty lips. And I was like, oh, God. Yep. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, uh, Dog Eat Dog, <clears throat> a delusional ex-con who rejoins the Akbar, his... The Akbar pick. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Oh, a delusional ex-con rejoins his unhinged former partner's for one last job, kidnap the baby of a mobster's enemy for a ransom. This movie stars Matthew or Christopher Matthew Cook. Okay, so the <laughs> I'll take the Nicolas Cage joint back oh. over to you <laughs> and Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, over the tween <clears throat> things. Well, I, I that was baffling that you put that spajilts or whatever the crap on there. I, I read the synopsis I was like, why? Uh, Is that be... on your cue? Uh, no. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I thought it sounded kind of good. Why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> such bullshit. That is such bullshit. He's like, here's some shit he'll never watch. And a Nicolas Cage movie. Go ahead. I'm glad that I got you to take this Nicolas Cage so that oh, no, no. I, I don't... Was, I, that's fine. As soon as I saw... I, I would have bitched about the spajilt or whatever the hell, but okay. <laughs> Doggy Dog was on there, and I was like, "Oh, I want, I genuinely want to see that." The trailer was legit good, so okay. Because I, I'll, I'll I'll I really out, but... did not want to choke on that cock. No. Oh, but oh. Yeah, but the spajilt yeah, that was <laughs> on the roulette. <laughs> well, for me, for me, let's. Um, uh, yeah, what are you going to do with uh, three legitimately somewhat decent looking? Non-tween adventures. Yeah, uh, probably the Johnny Knoxville joint. Oh, that'll be forgettable. Really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Jackie, I mean, 
Ronnie Harlan, yeah, he's good enough. And Johnny Knoxville and Jackie oh, Chan. Ronnie Harlan's been bad, though, dude, lately. I know. Ronnie but... Harlan's what's getting you in more than anything else, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, because it's like, God, ah, but Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the go-to? Yeah, that, literally, I'm like, oh, Ready Harlan, Nightmare uh, Four, maybe that one. See, uh, and that's literally that was my that was my logic in picking that movie. I, I'm not gonna lie. And then second was oh, Johnny Knoxville. He might be kind of funny in this, and Jackie Chan. Eh, okay. Oh, I'm suddenly wishing that I could watch Dracula's Great Love again. Just <laughs> next week, let's just repeat the roulettes now. Yes. Um, and, but on, and quite quite honestly, yeah, the, uh, the drop as well. Like literally, I would probably be better off just watching that again. <laughs> Ah, uh, that but, in order of disappearance is probably going to be good. I mean, I think Skarsgård so. doesn't have a lot of bombs on it. Okay, the last shaky movie I would say that Stellan Skarsgård was in was a Rennie Harlan joint. Can you name that movie? Oh, oh, The Exorcist. Wait, no. Oh, I forgot Rennie about Harlan, that. Yeah, he did. Well, no, that's his dad. What? That's his dad. That's his dad. What are you talking about? No way. Okay, who, so, okay so this... hold on, my bad. I might have got that wrong. Because Stellan Skarsgård was in that Exorcist Rennie Harlan thing, but he yes. was in another Rennie Harlan movie. I'm not okay. sure of the years of when they came out, though, so I might have been wrong on that. And his son was in the Tarzan movie, correct? Yes? Some Skarsgård was, but I don't know if it's his son, for sure. Okay, I hope it is, or we're I'm gonna sound like a no, no, stupid, no. That's stupid no, no, no. on a movie podcast. But nah, anyway, <laughs> you're, you just offended all of the Swedish and Finnish and Norway people, and there's yes. only about fourteen of them, and they don't give a shit what we think about anything. So you're fine. <laughs> but wow, now you've kind of got me, Renny Harlan, because uh, yeah, he was in the uh, The Exorcist. Um, man, I yeah, don't... he was, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd call that one shaky. I have. Mm. No, I totally dug that movie. I'm, I'm just trying to think of what the other movie would have been that no, he was just, in. Just, uh, hold on a sec here. I'm looking. See, and also, it's funny that you said Rennie Harlan, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 or whatever, because when I think of Rennie Harlan, I go to Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger. Ooh. Yeah, and, and for me, it's it's his first movie that was uh, with uh, Viggo Mortensen in the prison movie, oh, called Prison, that literally okay. called Prison. Okay, hold on here. Uh, the Exorcist, the beginning, came out after the movie I'm thinking about. Okay. Remember Driven? Oh, St- yeah, Stallone. Stallone. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the one before that. You was, got me there. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård and Rennie Harlan and trying to get you some... Uh, if I say one name, Thomas Jane. Oh, um... Saffron Burroughs. Was he? A, he didn't direct the Punisher. Samuel Jackson. That should give it away. Okay. Wait. 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 wait, wait um. <laughs> oh damn. Um. Oh, now Sam- I'm not going to tell you. Now I'm just going to. I'm, I'm just going to. I'm going to give you more cast members until you figure it out. Not Shaft. Not uh, Michael Spe- Rappaport. What the hell? Okay. Um, this will. This will seal the deal. LL Cool J. Uh, he didn't make Halloween H2O. Because <laughs> immediately, oh, LL Cool J. Oh, oh, Deep Blue Sea for crying there out loud. You go. There oh, you go. yes, he got his arm chopped off, yes. chopped off in the. Uh, and then you could see it tucked behind his body and his 
And Samuel L. Jackson, we are not going to die today, Crunch. Yes, we are. Oh, wow. Uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight. That's another one that I associate. Oh, man, that's Harlem. a good movie. Cutthroat Island. I, You know what? For what it's worth, that movie is not bad. It's bad. It's just not the worst thing ever. No. It, and it certainly wasn't as bad as they made it out to be at the time. Yeah. Fucking cliffhanger, dude. Yeah, I know. That movie was great. Die Hard 2. Which is, That's, I mean, it's obviously a step down from Die Hard, but it's still a good movie. Oh, the frickin' Covenant. Do you remember that movie? Yes, the, I do. That oh, was... Uh, that was a piece of shit. He's gone downhill in the last few years. Oh, that Devil's Pass. Remember that one? That was a roulette, actually, that I took. Yes. That's the, uh, in the, uh, the it snow was in the, the, and... Yeah, the snow in the winter cave. Speak time travel type thing. Yeah, that will lead into... Yeah. Now, that was a good movie. Yeah, it was. I liked it. Oh, he did that Legend of Hercules that came out a couple years ago. Did you see Which, that? No, I have not. Not the one with the rock, the other one. Yeah, the other one. Uh, Interesting. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of Devil's Pass, uh, a movie set yeah. in the snow and the hills. Uh, I, not a gem in the rough, but one that's definitely worth taking a look at. It is. Let's move on to the rabbit trail, and you are up first. Okay. So I thought what would be kind of interesting to uh, to talk about just briefly is... Because we are now in winter, and uh, I'm not sure what made me think about this, but uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about what movies can you think of, just off the, off the top of your head, that would not be as effective as they are if they would be set in another setting other than uh, either blizzard conditions or heavy snowfall, dead of winter. And then also, what movies would not be as effective if it would be set in uh, the blazing hot like sun? Like that—that that is a key factor in making the movie feel like it does. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we don't have to spend much time on it. I just thought it'd be kind of interesting to see what no, your no, opinion. We're doing a relaxed show tonight. We're just going to chill out. We're have some drinks. It's been a shit yeah. week. I just want to relax and bullshit. So yeah. Um, I'll tell you. Uh, the first few things that popped into my head just as you were asking the question. And that was The Thing, obviously. Obviously, that's the first one that, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, damn. And you got me there. Just wait. Um, what was the other one? Uh, maybe The Shining, I guess. Mm-hmm. That'd be I another one. one. We'll get to The Thing in a second. But Empire Strikes Back, right where you, while you were describing the scenario of would it be different if it was set in the blinding heat or the or the different weather, however you were saying it. Yeah. I got, you, I got what you were saying. But in Empire, it starts off on Hoth, and it's deathly cold. And yeah. you can't survive out there. I'll see you in hell. Yeah! Right off on your two-legged sleeping bag of death. Yeah. <laughs> And I would, like, in my brain, I'd say, like, well, let's flip it. What if it were the desert? But then what was A New Hope? That shit was all in the desert. Yeah, it was. Like that whole beginning scenario where sand people, same kind of, like, where they had sand people. They also had the, whatever the snow beast was called in Empire. So you kind of have your... The Rancor. No. 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 uh, Damn it. I want to say Wampum or something. It was something weird like that. Yeah, the the Sasquatchy thing. Yeah, right. So I guess in both scenarios of the Star Wars version, we had 
random um, nomadic type threats out there. Yeah. But maybe those aren't extreme enough. So here, let's do this. With the thing. What if the spacecraft crashed in... Instead of crashing in Antarctica, it crashed in the Sahara Desert. And and hundreds of, or thousands of years later, because I can't remember, it's been a while since I watched it. They say it was, it's been there for hundreds or thousands of years. It's been there yeah. a long damn time. Let's say that they were digging that up and, and doing that whole thing, but it happened to be in the Sahara Desert. Like in the middle of it. Yeah. How does that change things with that story? Because it starts off, and let's go from the beginning. It starts off with the dog running through the snow, the the human chasing him, helicopter, except mm-hmm. there's no snow, it's sand, and he's coming over a dune. How does that change shit? Hmm. Wow. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm no, thinking no, here. But just give it because, a like, Well, just give it a yeah. minute. Just give, yeah. take a sec. To me, think. to me, like the first thing I think of is we do have some shots of, well, not some, a lot of shots of them dressed heavily, like big coats, big hats, so that you can hardly see their faces. And at times, that plays to the movie's benefit to where it's like, well, who just ran across the screen? We couldn't tell because that person was, was pretty much fully clothed. You can't see their face. They're obscured. Now you take that and you put that into a, into a, uh, hot climate setting and it's like, oh, there went Kurt Russell or there went, but not necessarily because if you look at cultures that live in the desert, they are also very much covered. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. Like you're talking about like the whole, yeah. Have you watched Lawrence of Arabia? (laughs) No, but I'm just going by the cover. (laughs) Oh, damn. Because I really want to hear your review of that. No, same, same. I think the same would kind of apply because everybody is wearing a similar kind of garb. Yeah. Now, also the claustrophobic feel of the thing would be lost, though, I think. Um, Good. And then all of the battleships would land in the desert the same way that they did in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I guess. No, uh, what I was going to go with is... um, no, you're right. You would lose the claustrophobic feel because they were trapped in Antarctica, which is an island that has nothing around it. Whereas in, uh, if it were in the Sahara, everybody would be trying, to, or the bad guys would be trying to escape because if they walk so long in any direction, if they survive, they get to a populated area. Because there's mm-hmm. no, like, desert islands. Or at least not big enough for, yeah. our, for, for our story. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I do. instead of people trying to stay huddled in there, they would be trying to escape. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you, that claustrophobic feel would, I think, be lost in a hot weather setting to where it's like, I don't know. It's like, oh, well, it's, you're it's, right. But people, I'm what I'm saying is that it would be a different dynamic as far as they would be trying to build a prison. Yeah. Like they would be trying to keep mm. everybody there and whoever is bad would be trying to escape and then they'd have to like go out and hunt them and kill them so that they yeah, and still get back to the shelter in time. Yeah. Hollywood, are you listening? Here's, a, here's an idea for another Thing movie. Yeah, really. <laughs> that would be fascinating, though. I, yeah. I, 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 that's pretty good. I like that. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I guess you're going to run into that uh, claustrophobia thing with The Shining as well, and that's going to be one of the main... Yes. Is that one of the main reasons why people like to shoot with uh, the extreme cold? For the claustrophobic feel, yeah, I I think so. 
Um, now I know that with the shining, that was a bit different with, with the, that wasn't like a lot of that was not real snow outside. They were actually like really, really hot on that, on that set. Well, that um, doesn't have anything to do with anything. We're I know. I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> we're talking about the story, not about the, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. They didn't oh. actually kill the, the guy with the axe. <laughs> no, wait, the what? They didn't? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, the, um, like The Shining for me, it's th- that could absolutely not have worked in a hot weather set- setting, I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you're right because there, there's no isolation. Like, there yeah. would, if it was warm, there'd be people there. Yes, exactly. So, anyway. Yeah. And now for me, um, I think the hateful eight is way up there in that, uh, because I just watched it, uh, the, that whole setting is prime for like, it would be different if it wouldn't be they're stuck in a blizzard. The blizzard literally is half the reason why they are there and they can't go anywhere. They have to wait this thing out. And so without that, it would change the dynamic of that whole story. Ravenous. Ooh, yeah. I didn't think about Ravenous. There's another one. Hmm. The, um, the, I don't know if, was it the weather that isolated them or was it more the location? Because they were kind of in the middle of nowhere location wise. Yeah. I know the weather was an issue, <sighs> but it was. Yeah. But they didn't make it a huge, I don't know. It might be the remoteness of that. I, yeah. Here's another question. Is Hidalgo the hot weather equivalent of The Revenant? Oh, man. Because The Revenant was the next one I was going to quick bring up. Because the Hidalgo, that was the horse movie. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. Ooh. That was all desert. Yeah. Because The Revenant would not be a movie without it being DiCaprio stuck in the middle of no man's land. Trying yeah, to survive. And I guess that in, in Hidalgo, he wasn't quite so stricken by the heat. Yeah. Not, not, at, at least not to the, as far as everybody's trying to murder him. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. All I, right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. This kind of a weird little thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I did have one for, uh, for, uh, that, the whole dynamic I think would have been changed. And I have to, as with the shining, I have to try to disassociate myself from the setting or like how the movie was made behind the scenes, because the shining is my favorite horror movie of all time. And my second favorite horror movie of all time is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that movie reeks of extreme heat. The entire movie, you feel hot in that movie. And just yeah, uncomfortable. Like, yeah, and it's like, and but I know behind the scenes they were miserable making that movie, and the house was ridiculously hot, and the whole way through, it's like, it's such a dirty movie, and it's so it just it feels like it's way too hot, mm-hmm. and I don't think that any other setting would have made that movie as powerful as it is, as being set in Texas, and. The middle of nowhere in the middle of summer and everybody is miserable. And I, that's like the, the first movie that popped into my head was Texas Chainsaw Massacre would not be the same if it would be set in, it would have a different season that it was filmed in. I don't think, I don't think. No, I agree. Uh, 
here's an interesting question for the horror guy. Um, are there any movies like where, uh, I don't know, college kids driving around in the wintertime and they break down and then they go to a house and it's serial killers and they get chased around by ser- serial killers in the, in the house for the rest of the movie? Hmm. In the winter? Yeah. Ooh. If not, what are you waiting on, Hollywood? Let's yeah. hold on. Get the president of Hollywood on the line. Yeah. Actually, there is, but it's not from uh, the United States. Uh, Cold Prey series uh, is a Norwegian movie, and it's a it's a slasher movie that's set in an old abandoned shining type lodge thing where these group of Norwegian teen college kids, whatever, they end up trapped in this big big lodge, and there's a serial killer. The end. Starring so, Stellan Skarsgård's kid and ready, yes. directed by Rennie Harlan. And... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but are, are they the, good, though? Yeah, actually, the, the first one is really good, except that uh, there's, like, it's practically goreless for a slasher movie, and it's so well made. Like, the, the technical aspects of it are great, but I'm like, you're making a slasher movie, a good slasher movie, and there's there's, where's the gore? And then the second one... You can tell, I believe it's the same director. He went the Halloween 2 route, and most of it, if not all of it, is set inside of a hospital. It's still in the middle of winter, right after the events of Part 1. And it is in the dead of winter, and that one works way better than the first one because it's a lot more violent. And it's like, oh, this is Halloween Part 2 in Norway in in the middle of winter. I mean, like... Gore aside, would it meet the criteria of kind of being the polar opposite of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre as far as the hot and cold? I think so because of the, they really utilize that location. Like, hey, we've got to get to this uh, lodge, and even the second one, the the whole hospital thing. It's like now they're trapped here, and it's cold. And of course, the killer is like this big hulking dude in this huge coat, and gl- like he's covered so that he's you know it's cold weather, so yeah. that is part of his garb is yeah. this big whatever he's wearing. So that really worked. Huh. I mean, I'm surprised I even thought about that, but I'm like, that maybe that's not... what they were trying to go for. Yeah. It works though. So I mean, does I... it change the, again, you gotta, it's, if it's not as good as Texas chainsaw, you gotta play and get, be imaginative with it. Um, does it, um, the isolation is stronger there than it would be in Texas Chainsaw because in Texas Chainsaw it's just hot and they can leave, like just yes. run in any direction. Yes, I yes, uh, it would be very much more the isolation in uh, Cold Prey versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they just they just made a series of horrible choices and that got them killed. right. But does that make Cold Prey more effective? That mm. that comes. That's what the question is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and obviously, um, being a lesser film than TCM, it's not going to yeah. use your imagination and say, "Could it be more effective?" Yes, I honestly like. There would have been more ways to escape. I would imagine in Texas Chainsaw versus you're trapped. You're trapped in this old abandoned resort lodge thing in the middle of nowhere in a blizzard. You are screwed. <laughs> so yeah, I guess there you go. Yeah. Cold prey, cold prey would get it. I think we and, hashed it out. Well, yeah, where's where's our, our cold Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Ooh, man, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> well, it sounds like Cold Prey is kind of it. <laughs> yeah, it it very much is a or standard issue. You should be. you should check it out sometime. It's I I was let I've seen the first one several. I've actually seen both of them several times. Part three is I think a prequel, whatever. I've never watched of it. Of course, that's what we but, do. Yeah, 
Yeah. But the first two were, were quite good. The second one especially, I'm like, oh, this is Halloween 2. Nice. All right. So, anyway. Nice. Cool. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to add for that, or do you want to jump nope. over to mine? Go for it. Okay. Uh, this this question is so hard to kind of spit out. I've, I've reworded it so many times, and I just... It, it still comes up horrible, but um, I was thinking about garbage, low-budget movies from the 80s and up through like the early 90s, and I was wondering mm-hmm. why is it that I can watch one of these movies and it's garbage, and I know it's garbage, but I still enjoy it, and it feels like it's just full of charm, even though it's a piece of crap, and I can admit it, it's a piece of crap, but I still like it, as compared to uh, these garbage, low-budget movies that come out today, which are without any charm and are just shit. Uh, it's stuff that mm-hmm. we watch on the roulette. I don't want to crap on everybody's dream of being directors and filmmakers and yada yada, but a lot of the stuff that comes out today, it just is just so empty and vapid and, just, like, with within the first five minutes, you're like, why am I watching this? Just why? Yeah, I know. Whereas opposed to the 80s and early 90s, You've got some weird, glowy, blue, special effecty thing that's stupid and weird looking, and you're like, ha and I'm in. <laughs> so, hmm. is it a question of when we were born? Is it, it, it can't totally be that, because my wife, who's younger than me, could not give a shit about these movies. You know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah. And granted, there's maybe some of it is that I was younger then, and, and I was at the time when VHS came out, and we could start watching movies whenever the hell we wanted, and so we would take anything we could get, and the cheaper shit was cheaper, and so you watched it, and just because you could watch it whenever you wanted to, you fell in love with it. Is it that, yeah. or is it something else? Wow, that that is actually a good question. I do think that... The first thing that I thought of when you brought that up is film versus digital. Um, and, the and number that, one thing on my list right yeah. here is film versus digital. <laughs> yeah. Back then, even a very, very – I'm talking trauma, low budget, still shot on film and still like watching – watch the Toxic Avenger. That's a low budget Z-grade movie. It's like, yeah, but still, they had a crew – they had a whole big cast. They had special effects. They had film equipment. It they had like, some budget. They had some budget. It looks like a movie versus, oh, here's my $500 HD camera. It shoots gorgeous high definition. And here's two people that are going to star in a movie set in some haunted house. And it's a piece of shit because I'm whatever. And it's not going to be on Netflix now. And it's awful. And so even back – even the Z-grade stuff, I think – Still had to have a production, like a, a film crew and actors and all the things that come with a huge budget movie, but just way condensed down to trauma. I'm just going to use trauma as an example. I mean, you know. trauma is pretty far down. I was thinking more along the lines of canon. Like I kept thinking of all these yes, different movies a great, where, yeah. it was, where they had the kind of special effects that I have in my head when I think of this question. Yeah. And I was like, this movie or that movie or that movie. You know what they all have in common? The frickin' Canon logo before they start. <laughs> yeah. Ninja 3, The Domination. Yeah, Canon's a great example. Yeah. Um, 
Even the, but even like the action movies, okay? Forget all the special effects and forget acting ability. Uh, just go 80s action. Uh, direct-to-video action. I'm talking yeah. Chuck Norris versus uh, what we get today, straight to Netflix. And it's like so much garbage. Like back yeah. then, at least it, they... Is it because they were just trying something different or they just didn't give a shit or they just... I don't know what it is. Yeah, lots of cocaine. Maybe that. That's what it was. <laughs> just freaking blow and Scarface. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're right. And I, I wonder if it's really hard to duplicate because we know that there has been filmmaker there have been filmmakers that have really tried to duplicate that feel. Some actually have succeeded. Right away, Ty West and House of the Devil. That is a prime example of getting it right. But there's Turbo Kid. With it. Turbo Kid. Yeah, that felt like an older. Science fiction, post-apocalyptic, weird thing. Yeah. So why? I, I just don't understand why it's so hard to recapture that charm. But yeah, you might be right. Like the, I mean, film versus digital—that's one thing. But I think it might be the budget thing. I think it might be that even back then, if you were going to make um, Fortress with mm-hmm. the with the Highlander and those dodgy CGI special effects, whatever the hell they were doing. That's the one on the space the space station. The, that's with... part two. Part one is the one that's underground. The good one. Oh, okay. Uh, Stuart Gordon directed. Is that the one with uh, Jeffrey Combs? Yes. Isn't? Oh, yeah. He's got big glasses or yes. something. I kind of. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> I have that uh, Blu-ray widescreen. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a solid movie. Yeah, but if I showed it to my kid, she would be like, "You're an idiot for liking this." Like. <laughs> But I think it comes down to that budget thing again, because even for having a low grade, Z grade kind of crappy idea, you had to procure some sort of budget, at least a little bit. Yeah. And far more than you would need by today's standards. Yeah. People are shooting movies with their iPhones. And back then it's like, well, we, okay, well, we have to get a film camera. Well, immediately your budget is probably, I would guess, $10,000 yeah. at least. Yeah. We need to get film stock. It's, now yeah. we're up to 50000 you know? Yeah. And here it's $500, maybe, and a free editing program on your computer. And I'm just, I'm just talking here, you know. It's yeah. Like, I, and I'm not trying to crap on those people's ideas, but it, it's more often than not, what comes back is so Bad. I, it, there are gems in the rough. That's what we do this show for, is to find yeah. them. But the, some of the ones that come out of there, it's like, why do you, why? You, yeah. when it's obvious they didn't try, like, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The, the ghost one that you watched, which is going to be an ongoing joke for our show, the, the, I hated it with a passion. You watched it and then you, oh, you dude, you gotta oh, see it. And we, I watched the whole thing. Killer be killed, that Western no, thing. Oh, that's too. the Western, the other one with the ghost I, and the, I, see oh. the, I don't even like crapping on that one because that one, it feels like they really were trying to do something and they just have no talent. And yeah, I, I, yeah. Hate, I hate even saying that because it's like, go get some schooling or something, like try, yeah. but. Oh, that was so bad. But the, the, what was the other one? It was the, the movie, the, the ghost chosen movie. The, the Chosen or the. The Chosen. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> wow, that was a piece of shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Now suddenly, suddenly we've devolved into just mocking low-budget filmmakers, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, but but having said that, there are still some fantastic, super low-budget movies that uh, you know 
I just talked about one the other episode, the the, uh, the guinea pig movie. I think that's probably an extremely low budget movie, but it worked, and they worked within their budget, and it worked. Um, and, and there's other movies that that we've had on roulettes that you're like, up, oh, we're featuring two characters, but it was really good. I mean, I don't know the budget for the standoff with Lawrence Fishburne and um, what's his name, Thomas Jane. Yeah. But if if they would have if that would have been a no name actor movie, so take out the big paychecks because those guys got big paychecks. I'm guessing or, or moderate paychecks, moderate, but no name actors, but quality no name actors. That movie there could have been done on the cheap, I think, and I still agree. been really really good. Yep, I agree. So you know, so anyway, we, so I'm, we have determined that it's somewhere a split between being forced to have enough talent to get at least a little bit of a budget and our love of the goofiness of the eighties that we grew up in. Yes. That's kind of where we're at. Yep. Because I love, uh, Miami connection and that was (laughs) awful. Just awful. That makes me so happy to hear you say that. But one (laughs) of the first things I thought of when I was coming up with this concept was the, Oh, I still can't remember the name of it. It was a Canon film, the space vampires. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Life Force. Life Force. But from the very get-go, the very beginning, it's all them goofy green overlay, almost like rotoscoped effects. I love that movie. I love those effects so much. Yeah. And they didn't give a shit about tits. It was just... Oh, I know. Everybody's naked all the time. I don't care. It's the 80s. Yeah. It, it's just something about that is just funny to me. Or, or like, even though I'm like, this is a shitty movie, but that's funny. Whereas now it's like... <clears throat> here comes a low-budget movie, and now somebody's getting naked, and I'm like, ah, you're just doing that to try and get an R rating and be... It's not funny. It's not fun. It's not amusing. You know? Yeah. It's just, here's some nudity, and I'm just like, ah, I don't care. It's weird. <laughs> yep. You know what's funny? That Miami Connection movie, uh, the budget of that movie Did was you watch a mil- it again? No, 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 not yet. Um... <laughs> I love that you're on board with it. That's all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. That movie had a million-dollar budget. That thing cost a million dollars. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money, and it's <laughs> awful, but it's great. Do you think the investors have got it back yet, their investments? Ooh, <laughs> boy. I, Somewhere, I, some dentist just got a 39-cent check, and it was signed Eugene Weaver because you bought it from an arrow. On Blu-ray, yes. Well, yep, Draft House. Oh my! Wow. Yes. That's so great. <laughs> anyway, there is our rabbit trail, folks. <laughs> there you have it. Okay. Recently watched. You ready for that? I am. It's time. Which is actually going to tie in quite nicely, I think, with uh, with what we just got done talking about on your with your question with one of my movies. So just well, as a tease, maybe. Uh, my my recently watched. Uh, I'm going to be honest. A lot of stuff on here we've already talked about. Uh, so oh. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I've been watching a ton of shit because I've got a bunch of new voodoo codes from my buddy. And I got a bunch of Blu-rays that I've watched. And I've got uh, new shit on Netflix and DVDs from you. Uh, but uh, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because we've just been over... We've talked about this shit to death. Um, so, since I'm starting to get a little bit slurry. Let's start right off the bat with something I finished up. <laughs> this is my big biggie for the week. Uh, okay. I finished it up today. Please sit. Okay. What? Oh, what? what? Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, please say it's uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, or is that going to come later? I finished it up today, but I also started it today. What? And that would be Ash vs. Evil Dead. (laughs) So you binged the entire season one today? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I haven't got around to to starting it. Like, we did a little swap thing, and I said, oh, throw me whatever. It's cool. And usually you throw me a handful of uh, European, Italian, 70s, whatever, and I can work my way through it, no biggie. Instead, you're like, oh, here's a whole season of a show, uh, plus Game of Thrones Season 6 I requested, which was a slog to get through. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty damn, between Game of Thrones Season 6 and Penny Dreadful, I'm pretty damn TV'd out. And here's this Ash vs. Evil Dead thing. And I'm like, oh my god, I, I've got to get this done. And I've got some time today. F it, I'm just going to roll through this bitch. And <laughs> I was very happy that it was only 10 episodes. I really like a season of a show to be 10 episodes. I don't know why OCD clicks in, but 10 is a beautiful, round, happy number. Yeah. Good for a season. And it was, uh, they weren't all an hour, so I think, I think the whole season was five hours. But I was in my office writing all them reviews, rolled through the entire bitch. And I will tell you this. I will make the argument that this is a better, do I want to say sequel? Yeah, it's a sequel. Yeah. I would say it's a sequel to. This is a better follow up to Army of Darkness than the reboot. Than the reboot. Oh, yeah. I would, I would not argue that at all. This is an excellent part four. Excellent. I I hesitate on love because there was some stuff that could be cut. There was some episodes where it's like, we could trim this down a little bit. I, I, I could see where this would be even better, like six episode miniseries or like a um, Stranger Things six to eight episodes. That being said, everything in the time, it was all fine. It was all fine, or it was funny. Lots of gore. Holy shit, was this thing gory. Yes, it was. The last few episodes could have been cut together into a movie. And just Evil Dead Part 4. What the fuck is the problem? We've been trying for how many years to try and get an Evil Dead 4 off the ground? We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. Now we do this. It's like, what what was the problem? Like, yeah. you got this done on the cheap, and this is everything that anybody Evil Dead would ever want. And we all love it. I mean, I don't know of It's any fantastic. Big... Yeah. Uh, I, they got Bruce Campbell back. He's great in it. Yep. My my Honestly, my, my biggest grievance would probably be the way that it ended. Just sort of like, is he that dumb? But they're just trying to keep Lucy Lawless in it for... Yeah. And that's fine. I'm cool with that. It, yep. Just carry on. Let let the whole shit bag go down in flames. I love <laughs> it. Uh, so, yeah, that was my uh, biggest recently watched and just checked off the list. But I definitely, obviously, I'm going to give that a thumbs up. I totally enjoyed it. It was great. Can't wait for season two. Me too. Good. Me good too. shit. Good. Good. So you enjoyed that way more than Game of Thrones season six, I'm guessing? Freaking Lord. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'll go ahead and check that off the list right now, too. It sucked. I, I, not as bad as Penny Dreadful, but man, 
I don't, I shouldn't say it sucked. It just, it was really damn slow. Lots of yeah. talk, talk, talking. The last couple episodes were better, but it, it, I didn't even fall back in love with it the way you did. I, great, finally, Dragon Light is doing something. Great, something is fu- fucking happening. That's yeah. amazing. That's a now yeah. roll credits, and now we'll go through season seven <laughs> where <laughs> and seven episodes you know, of you know what that is negotiating. I, I should set that as my alarm because that's what I woke up to every day for a week <laughs> at about ten forty five in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, huh? what happened? And then my wife was like, well, this happened and this happened, and I was like, I don't even care. I'm not even going to rewatch it. We're just going to go. Uh, we'll just go to the next episode. Whatever. Carry on. <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay, I did two. Two from you. Okay. Okay. Okay, so to kind of piggyback off of what we had just got done talking about with what makes those 80, 80s movies so good, um, I watched a movie that had been getting some decent marks because it's another throwback of the 80s. So, uh, I picked up this movie called Fender Bender. I haven't heard uh, of it. From, from 2016, brand new movie, directed by Mark Pavier, I think is how you pronounce his name. And he, uh, the last, actually, he's, he's directed exactly two movies and one short. And the last movie he directed, the first movie he directed, was Stephen King's The Night Flyer, which was a pretty good movie back in 1997. I remember that. Um, and so he did this and it was released by, uh, Scream Factory on Blu-ray. And it, I, I'm not sure if Scream Factory, Shout Factory produced it or whatever, but, um, anyway, it's, it's a slasher movie. It's very much a, we're going to make a, an 80s slasher movie. And I gotta say, um, after, after thinking I'm going to, hate this movie after the first about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, I stuck with it. And by the end, I'm like, you know what? That was pretty good for a obviously made. Now you can tell this is not shot on. This is shot on HD and it has that look, but I'm like, yeah, they got a lot of things right in the movie. And it's basically, it's about this serial killer that uh, they, he goes around and he gives, he, he picks out women and gives them fender benders and exchanges information with them. So now he has their address where they live, all that stuff. And then he goes and he stalks them in this really creepy S and M pulp fiction gimp type outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And got this crazy looking knife type thing. And it, it works for what it is. There's some really shaky acting in the beginning with, his newest victim and her parents. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be God awful. Netflix to <laughs> garbage, but then it settles into what it's going to be. And once shit gets going by the midway point, I'm like, nice. And then they actually, and I'm not going to spoil the movie, uh, but they actually, uh, do something a bit different by the end to where I'm like, Oh shit, that's like, I'm kind of sad. Like that's not what I was expecting the direction this of this movie to go, but it actually it works kind of. And I I actually gave this movie three and a half out of five stars, which surprises the hell out of me. Um, so anyway, there you go, <laughs> Thunderbender. So 
<laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. I, I, I wanted to go Bruce Willis shows up and kills everybody, and it's no, kind of sad yeah, I mean, and it's teary, but he's emoting like hell through a leather mask with a zipper. And Oh, yeah, it's, it's like full-on, like, oh, okay, like, we're talking, this is S&M gimpy-type get-up here. Nick, Ga- like, Nick Cage, 8mm, having a stroke out while he's watching a, a film. Yes, yeah. watching a, yes. Perfect. Uh, it's light on gore, but that's okay. It's uh, I was I was invested in the. In, it's had the the token jock, the token brainy chick, the po- the token cheerleader, yeah. the, yeah. the the gay guy, and yeah. they're all there. It kind of sounds similar to the like the collector, like that kind of. Yes, thing. Uh, the whole way through, I'm like, yeah, this is the not as good, yeah, because the collector kicked ass. But I'm like, this is. Very similar to the collector, although the uh, the reasoning behind the killing uh, and just explaining things a little bit more w- was more prevalent in this movie versus the collector, which was just because because. <laughs> so, but it was a cool movie. I, I'd like I'd like your opinion on that movie sometime. Uh, I, I might, that sounds like I might I might be game for that. Next, so okay. Um, uh, how about this? We both do a round, and then we'll talk about Rogue One. We teased it last episode. We should probably talk yes. about Rogue One. Okay. Um. Okay. The Changeling. I need to talk about the Changeling. Mm. Yes. Yes. The George C. Scott movie. Uh, okay. And I'm sorry, my voice is going really. Um. The Way of the Unicorn. Saw um, Guerrera? Is that what you're... Yes, 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 Breathe, yes. breathe into your mouthpiece. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm glad that was so funny. Um, okay, The Changeling, 1980. <laughs> yeah. uh, glad my joke was so funny. Carry on. No, it's good. Yeah. You're like, um, ha uh. <laughs> See, that was funny. Um <laughs> Okay, so this is directed by... Uh, Peter Medic. Do you recognize that name? I do not. Okay, because this guy, uh, I actually went through his IMDb credits. I'm like, holy shit, this guy has done a lot of really good stuff or just diverse stuff. He did, um, uh, um, Romeo is Bleeding. That was the one I was looking for. Romeo oh, is Bleeding. Oh, shit. I'm a fan. Yeah. I want to see this movie right now. Yeah. So, uh, Species 2, he did, which, meh. I, um, I would argue that it's as good as the first one. You know, I, I, I need to give that one another chance. That's the astronaut one, right? Uh, yes. I would say it's okay. as good as the first one. And that's not saying much. It just... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway... Um, George C. Scott, uh, is a man that has recently lost his wife and daughter in a car accident. This is no spoiler. It happens the first two minutes of the movie. Um, to recollect himself, he goes to this mansion to, uh, he composes music. While there, he starts to uncover strange goings-ons in this, I don't want to say castle. It's more of a man, really big mansion-y type place. Um, he starts hearing noises, starts finding clues as to what may or may not have transpired in this house many years ago. And uh, as it unfolds, more creepy stuff happens. Um, and this movie is fantastic. Sounds like this, Crimson Peak. Oh, wow. It's, well... Uh, oh, shit, you're no, I don't struggling. Know. No, I know. Yeah, I know. 
Um, is it the ghosty thing? I thought we were dealing it is, with yes. a this body is a horror this, thing. Yeah, this is a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really, 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 really good. Uh, and I like the fact that, like um, the 1960s haunting, it's pretty much just relying on noise. It's not really that we're seeing all sorts of crazy things. It's not that. It's just a really effectively creepy house. And the story behind what's going on and as he's uncovering these clues and whatnot make it all the better and more scary. Uh, because this movie here is like I had been hearing. This is a, oh, it's a scary movie. You got to see it. It's so scary. It's so scary. It is effective. It genuinely got under my skin. And going right back to what you talked about, what we talked about earlier, um, Shot on film, that old school, late 70s, early 80s feel adds to the creepiness of the movie. Um, I even want to say the score. Oh, man, was the score done what by... Year, what year was this? I want to say was, this was early 80s? This is 1980. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll tell you uh, what. But... I'll watch The Changeling when you watch Romeo is Bleeding. Ah. Uh-huh. There's a good roulette change. Yes, that, okay, I like that. Um, boy, even the score, I'm trying to find who, uh, did the, maybe it was no one big. I, okay, never mind. Howard Blake, I don't know who that is. I, th- I thought that it was like Jerry Goldsmith or someone like really, really big that, uh, did the score because the score was very effective. That's a four out of five. That's a damn good movie. Now that I think about it, I'm like, what the hell? I gave Fenderbender three and a half. <laughs> Uh, uh, you like horror movies the first time you watch them. We'll see next next, next round or two. They'll they'll either grow or diminish. Yep. Okay, my chain smoking ass is done. <laughs> you do sound like that. Okay, <sighs> Rogue One. Yes. Uh, dive on this one. We'll do this yes. one as a round, and then yeah, go from there. <clears throat> full spoilers. Rogue One. You've yes. been warned. Full spoilers. If you haven't seen Rogue One, we're going to talk about it. And to be perfectly honest, if you haven't seen Rogue One, there's not a whole lot to be spoiled. I, I've been listening to no. several pods where everybody's like, don't talk about it yet, don't talk about it yet. And I'm like, what the hell? I, I've seen A New Hope. I, I, they, You can't spoil that much shit. They steal plans. Spoiler. They steal plans. Yeah. That's it. The end. Darth Vader's a badass. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> Literally, that is the movie. Oh, and they they die. The you kind of knew that. Yeah, yeah. It's even if they had lived, whatever. It's you know where it's gonna go. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I I quite enjoy the movie. I I'm very. Uh, how do I put it? Um, I feel much more confident in saying that I liked this movie more than The Force Awakens. Okay. I and I'm. I'm I enjoyed The Force Awakens. I've watched it like three or four times now, and every single time I watched it, every single time I still watch it, I'm like, I still don't know how I feel about this. Like, they leave so many things open-ended, I have to wait for the next movie to find out if I like this one. Wow, okay, yeah. I like it, It just how much I like it, I'm not sure. Whereas with uh, Rogue One, I'm like, I like it. Solid. Good. It's a rock. No problem. Yeah. I, there's some things I want to revisit. Um, I guess we should address the complaints that most people have. Or have, have, have been 
put out there on uh, social media, and uh, one of one of which is Tarkin. Uh, for yes. me, for me, I, that that very first scene with Tarkin, I thought was fine. I thought it was great. That it was a great homage to the uh, guy that plays him, and uh, you know he's dead now, and blah blah blah. Thought that first scene was great, and I wish they, I kind of wish they had just stopped at that, but they went on and on and on and on and kept bringing I him know. back, bringing him back, bringing him back. I was like, let it go. <laughs> like. It got awkward. I mean, I'm sure that the Tarkin or Tarkin Estate, fuck's sake, whoever, whoever Peter that, Cushing, Peter Cushing, thank you. The, I'm sure the Cushing Estate uh, said yes to everything they wanted to do. I'm sure they had say over that. If not, shame, but I'm sure they did. And so I can't really gripe about that too much. Uh, that's fine. If they approved it, okay, go for it. But the shady, dodgy CGI effect didn't get any better as it went. No. And it's sort of unfortunate that it, it was Jeff Bridges' Tron Legacy. That That's what it was. It was like, eh. Like, I could have dealt with it for that one scene and been done, and it would have been like, there's a nice little homage. Yeah. But they kept going. And going and going. And it was like, this is unnecessary. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this. it looks like his eyes are too high now. Like, you start to, to see He's different glowing. things. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, because the Princess Leia scene at the very end, to me at least, that worked. I'm like, that was badass. I loved that. One quick scene says her thing and roll credits. Awesome. I'm teary eyed, but Tarkin, <laughs> they showed way too much, way too much. Well, even with princess Leia, I was like, I thought that princess Leia looked far worse than Tarkin. I, hmm. I'm not saying it didn't work. I, I don't care. I, I'm a yeah. star Wars dork. So it's like, this is going to end with princess Leia at some point. They've teased it. That's fine. And then she has her little scene and I'm like, that's fine. It was a nice little homage. I'm good. It looked like shit, but okay, that's fine. Moving on. Yeah. No, it looked like shit, and as much as as Jeff Bridges did in Tron Legacy, I just eh, they should have done more of Michael Douglas and Ant Man. He has his one scene, and you're fucking done. But they didn't yep. do that they, with Tarkin. They just kept going and going and going. Like, damn it! Like, stop! Every time he showed up <sighs> after that first time, I was like, stop. Just stop. Let him go. But they didn't do that. So yeah. Now, do you think that eventually um, this could be revisited? Because this that technology is going to improve. I know it is. I wonder if that is something that in five, ten years from now, it's like now we have it to where that is Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher on screen. You cannot tell a difference. I (laughs) because that's going to look dated as hell in ten years. Eh, What it looks dated as hell right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I am more than willing to go down that rabbit trail with you, but not until. If, sorry, if I'm being a dick for doing this, but uh, not until you watch the Congress with Robin Wright Penn that I wrote a review of, and I have the DVD of from Alamo Draft House. Okay. That uh, big portion bulk of that movie deals with that very issue: selling your personal actor, uh, persona, light, likeness. Yeah. To continue making movies in your name. Huh. 
A big portion of that movie is like that. I don't think you're going to like that movie, and I don't really care, but I'm not going to continue to have that conversation with you until you watch it, because mm-hmm. I can't get people to watch this damn movie that I love, <laughs> and it pisses me off. I've been having this ever since Rogue One came out, ever since I watched it. I've been having this argument with people online. I'm like, oh, well, have you seen The Congress? Because a big portion of that movie deals with this very topic. Dead silence. Like, like now. Damn yeah. it. Like, just watch the shit. Even if, I'm not saying it's the greatest thing that's ever been made, but it, it strongly deals with this topic. It's a very heavy thing, and it's very important, especially at this juncture, of filmmaking with Cushing. I mean, yeah. shit. He was probably, what, fourth build down that frickin' movie? <laughs> yeah. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, let's move on from that. Yeah. Did you like the space battles and stuff? Yeah, and... yeah space battles and stuff is great. Um, pew! Pew, 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 um, I, I, I really enjoyed a lot of the in-jokes. I feel like I missed a couple of them because it was uh, there were so many and it was flying by so fast. But, uh, what was I going to talk about? Uh, you, oh, you mentioned in your review being brought to tears at certain places. And I'll tell you one where I was kind of brought to tears, and it's going to be an unusual one. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. And that was when... Oh, okay. Um, boy, what was his actual title? Um, Bale Organa came, came back. In, uh, Jimmy Smits. Yes. When Jimmy Smits rolled in, as Bail Organa, I that got to me. And oh, I'll, really? I'll tell, huh. I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I'm a Star Wars dork, okay? I grew up on Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I am very honest and open about all of the faults of the prequels, and I admit that they are all there. But unlike most people, I don't just like completely shit on them. They have their place. They exist for a reason and let them be. And that's fine. You, you know, here's what happened. Jimmy Smith shows up. And to me, what that said was they are not completely trying to erase your memory of the prequels. They are like, they existed and we admit they exist and moving forward. And to me, that, that, that fucking affected me, dude. It really did. Huh. It, it, for people, you know, because people are, are like, oh, the prequels, let's shit on them. That's, they're bullshit, and they're so horrible, and George Lucas sucks, and Anakin Skywalker, mopey emo, blah, 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 bad dialogue. Yeah, all, You're all right. It, that's true. These things are accurate. Hayden Christensen, yeah, I haven't seen her in a decade, yeah, you're right, Santa's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere, you're not wrong, (laughs) you're not wrong, that shit is shit, you're not wrong, but to have the exact same actor show up to play that role, yeah, it kind of was like admitting that shit exists, and for some whatever reason, I was like, thank you, thank you, it was like, just not being a dickhead and saying yes. we hate it. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I totally, I, I get that. I totally get where you're coming from. And I do like that too. That, that is cool. That was one of my, it may be stupid, but that was one of my favorite moments of my first experience with Rogue One was just yeah. like, thank you for not just shitting on it. Just 
you don't have to love on it. You don't have to have Jar Jar Binks in every scene or some shit. Or you don't have to admit he ever existed. Yeah. But just pay a little bit of credit to what has come before. Because it's all you, stepping stone shit. Do you think that uh, the other movies going forward, will we ever get any more connections with uh, the prequels? I think that we will in the movies that are not the end. What are they calling it? I don't have Legacy... I, I don't know what they're... Uh, I'm getting the terms all messed up, but the... I, I, I know what you... Like, the, the one-offs, the, like the, the Rogue Ones, yes, the, the Han Solo... The, Sky, the Saga, the Skywalker stuff, they're not going to mess with it. And I don't I don't need them to. Carry on, do whatever the hell you want. As we've seen in Rogue One, the spin-off movies are going to Easter egg the shit out of this stuff. They bumped into the people, I have the death sentence and 12 systems, or whatever. That guy, they bumped into yeah. him in the streets... They're gonna Easter egg the shit out of uh, out of the spinoffs, and that's fine. Yeah, do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. That's fine. Yeah, just but, keep making Star Wars movies, even just, if they're half as good as Rogue One. Keep bringing them out one after the other every year, please. Yeah, I'll watch them. I'm there. I'm in. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and keep spreading around the directors. I love it. I, it's great. Yep. It's a fantastic did, did you, time for me to be alive. Me too. Did you appreciate the uh, uh, how they? tried to differentiate themselves from the, the Skywalker saga in that there is no opening crawl. Didn't, and the, did not give a shit. Okay. And what, like the score, like, cause I did, it felt like not quite like the Skywalker saga. It shouldn't I, this, be. I, yeah, I've heard, it's not. I, I've heard that complaint from you and other people. And in my opinion, it shouldn't be. I, I, the first half I was, I, the first half of the movie, I was, I was really trying to pay attention to it because Everybody had complained about the score, and I was like, "It's just not quite John Williams, okay." But by the, I mean, by the second act, I didn't care. It was great. Just, just go yeah. for it. It's fine. It doesn't have to be that. Change it up. Kill the sacred cow. Make a million different things so that we have a million different things to pick from. I don't care. It, even if it doesn't work, at least you fucking tried something. Yeah, and they did. They yes, did, they and did. it worked. I liked it. It's a good movie. I'm not good. like head over heels in love with it. I, I have plenty of complaints, but uh, I immediately can say I liked it more than Force Awakens. I, Force Awakens is still lingering out in some middle ground ether where I'm not sure where I what I think about it, and I've watched it yeah. four times. <laughs> wow, you watch it four times now. I think I've watched it three or four times. Yeah, and Ooh. it's time to go back to that. So, yep, we've spent way too much time on Rogue One. Uh, yep. <laughs> do, can you do like three movies just holy in, in, shit in five minutes? Because it's yes. eleven twenty-three. <laughs> I can't. I can do that. Okay. Uh, my voice is going to be like an ashtray. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Just keep. Yeah. Oh, keep oh you're you're doing a great job. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm really helping. Drink more. <laughs> drink, drink more. Okay. First up is. A movie that our our mutual friend Steve talked about, and that is Sing Street, currently on Netflix. Have you heard of this movie? Other than what, I, what? I heard of it, I don't even know what it's about, though. Uh, this is from the director of Once, John Carney. Oh, okay, now I remember. Yes, yes, it's uh, set in the eighties. In uh, it's about a teen boy growing up in Dublin, and to escape his awful life at home with his fighting parents and uh, bullying in school, he forms a band and it is brilliant, a brilliant movie. Really? I, I loved this movie. Um, 
I can't wait to watch this one again. It, it I was, for some reason I was expecting this to be like, oh, he's going to be, you know, the, the band is going to be this cool punk rock band. No, it's like the cure type Ooh, band. Oh, nice. Um, it just, they cat the music is so, so damn good in it. And the acting is so damn good. The story is so damn, in fact, my biggest complaint at an hour and 46 minutes should have been longer. Like they wrap things up a little, little too much. Like this could have been easily two hours, very emotional. Um, it, to me, this, I, it, it hurts me to think that like this movie should have played at our theater in Akron, Ohio. This is like a great example of a, of a fantastic art house movie. Well, how does it go up against uh, his previous work? If did you like once? I loved once. I didn't like. Well, his next one, I was like, eh. I haven't seen the the, the one after that. Did you see? You saw once though, right? I saw once. Loved it. My wife loved that movie. And this one? How's it compared to that? She still likes. She still likes once more. I like this one more because I can relate to the eighties better. Right. Um. Because this is very much 80s, and I just the styles were so spot on, and the music was. I'm like, oh man, I wasn't into this music, but I'm like, I remember this shit. This is great, <laughs> but it the acting was so good, and it was not a typical movie that I would generally like. I got to see this movie, but because of because of Steve's review and because of the director. Uh, I'm like, I have to, I have to check this thing out. And I'm glad I did. That was a solid damn movie. In fact, I'm not sure where that's going to fall on my best of the year list. Yeah. Okay. That brings up another interesting rabbit trail that I thought about bringing up, but I didn't want to destroy all of our credibility on the, uh, uh, movie podcast, but screw it. I guess I will. I look forward to your review of La La Land. Are you going to watch that movie? I am. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. Actually. Cool. I look forward yeah. to your review of it. I yeah. don't think I'll ever watch that shit. Yeah, I'll watch it. Um, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. That's one that I'll probably take my wife to see, but we'll, yeah. Hey, come on. Come clean between you and I. That's a movie we <laughs> never watch. No, never, never, <laughs> but I'll watch it. <laughs> we are not musical people. <laughs> not yeah. musical film people. Yeah. Um, but for the record, though, Sing Street is not a musical. No, it no, is, no. There's a difference yeah. between like once, like once is a darn near a masterpiece in my opinion. Yeah. But there's there's that thing with music. This should have been a, another rabbit trail. Yeah. Uh, it, why do you and I hate musicals? Oh, all of a sudden, all these strangers start dancing in the street, and we all know the words. It's like the what? Song, and it's, everybody's like, "Isn't this charming?" And you yeah. and I are like, "This is the dumbest shit that's ever happened." Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, with my voice, I should just start singing like they do in yeah, um, News. Roxanne. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Okay. I wouldn't let's... know because I watched 15 minutes of that movie and fast forwarded the rest. <laughs> so, here we horrible. here we are now. Entertain us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Actually, that was the that was the. Oh, that was the moment. Uh, <laughs> being a huge '90s kid that grew up on Nirvana, when all of a sudden they started making uh, "Nevermind" a show tune, I yeah. was done. Off. That was <laughs> offensive to me. So, whew. anyway. Okay, so I got two minutes to go through uh, two two movies. The rest of the show is yours. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Creep Show Part 2. Thanks for the ride, lady. Four stars. Next. Uh, let's see I here. I time to write it down. <laughs> Creep Show 2. Yep. We've been over yeah, that thanks, one. Thanks for the ride, lady. Yep. <laughs> Four stars. I love that movie. That's yeah, good. Um, God, is, that the one with, is that the one with the uh, pond with the black? Yes. With, with the trash that, bag. That shit is the, so metal. Oh, it's oh, I it, love which that. One, <laughs> which one has the basket monster? Is that the first one? No, <laughs> that was the first one. Yes. Okay. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. The, the last two movies are going to be Creep Show one and two, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I watched them both. Oh, they're good. They're, oh, they are. They're for very different good. reasons. But that that one on the pond still. Oh, that one gets to me so bad. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's still with how it is. I'm watching the behind the scenes of that uh, era released the. Uh, their definitive version of Creepshow 2 and behind the scenes stuff on that. Um, that water was so cold that the one guy, the main, the main, not the big jock guy, but the other guy, he gets hypothermia. It was and that cold? The, I mean, it looked yeah, warm. It was freezing. They were miserable. And so he actually they had to shut down production on that movie because he got hypothermia and he was like, the, the, you, you're, this is not a good thing. We're done. <laughs> Hypothermia so, is not a good thing. The magic yeah. of cinema, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Cold is warm as warm as cold. Yes. <laughs> Crawl but inside this was... tauntaun, you dumb bastard. <laughs> I thought this smelled bad. Sorry. <laughs> it's getting that time, folks. Uh, <laughs> pumpkin head in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, it was great to hear uh, Greg Nicotero and uh, Howard Burr's comments on the special effects of Creepshow 2 and how they pulled stuff off. Um, the original guy, I think his name was Ed French, he got fired. And so they were – these were like young – for some reason, they reminded me of like an 80s hair metal band, these guys. <laughs> Seriously, for some reason back then, it's like it's the hair metal band and bands and the special effects artists of these crazy 80s horror movies – all had long hair and jewelry, and it, it's hilarious. But these guys, like behind the scenes stuff, I'm like, you look like you were in a glam band, and they're doing special effects stuff. And it, hearing how they pulled this stuff off is so fascinating. Um, and just the fact that, like I said, you heard, you hear that, oh, it was freezing. Everybody was miserable. They were behind schedule, behind budget, and it turns out to be, in my opinion, one of the greatest short movies ever. I love. Uh, that segment, the raft of I, I do too, two. and it feels it really feels like you could have shot that in a day, but only by today's standards, not back then. Back then, you were shooting on film at ten minutes at a time or whatever. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. do it because and then shut down because it's yeah, you got to change this reel, check the gate. <laughs> but um, you know, all I think the Creepshow two gets a bad rap uh, because Creepshow one is so good. I don't know why but, that is. I, I found that online too, and I don't know why that is because I, I grew up at a time in the VHS days where it was like, here's Creepshow one, here's Creepshow two. I watch them both, and I'm like, yeah, awesome. They're, they're both great. Yeah. And you know, there's that whole theatrical thing where it failed, or some critic said some shit, and I completely missed it. Pre yeah, because every story on Creepshow two works. I like the old Chief Woodenhead one. Um, and then things improve even more with, uh, the raft. And then I love that last segment with thanks for the ride, lady. I love that, that segment. Hitchhiker like, one? Yes. Yeah. Where by the end, he's like, his whole head is just like a big pile of meatloaf, <laughs> just bloody meatloaf. Thanks for the ride, lady. I, it was great. <laughs> now, 
It's funny because Tales from the from the Dark Side movie, they actually made one of the unmade mo- uh, short films from Creepshow 2, which is The Cat from Hell. That was actually supposed to be in Creepshow 2, uh, but they had to cut that because of budget. They cut that one in another story about rival a rival bowling team that starts to kill each other at a terminal. Termin- oh, shit. No, it's great. Carry on. <laughs> it's a cross between <laughs> demons and cats of Instagram. I'm into it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ooh. So anyway, Creepshow 2 is awesome, and Creepshow 1 is great too. But you, and but, also the, the but, Saturday but morning... But no one, Creepshow 3. I didn't watch that because you hated it. It's awful. It has, it's, it's not Creepshow 3. It's, it's the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst anything. It's nothing to do with Creepshow. It's just... Uh, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Okay, I'll continue um, to not watch it. Yes, but Creepshow one and two. I actually, it's for me, it's Creepshow one and two, and Tales from the Dark Side. That's kind of yeah. my trifecta of the Creepshow movies. But um, I think the two is right in line and with Tales the first the one. We put Tales from the Hood in there. Kind oh of? heck yeah, that Tales from the Hood kicked ass. Tales Have you seen that one? Oh, uh, I own that one on DVD, or I did it at some point. I okay. It, it, Starring CC, somebody with initials. Weird. Oh initials. yes, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, Tales from the Dark Side is one of those that I've watched a couple of times, and I can't remember a damn thing from it. And I should watch this again. It's got a weird little gremlin on the cover, and then I watch yes. it. And I'm like, oh yeah, immediately forget it. Oh man, it's a good movie. It's not I'm, quite as good as I'm not Creepshow knocking it. Too. I'm not knocking yeah. it. I just, it's one of those, same with actually Tales from the Hood. It's been a few years since I watched that one. It's hard, hard to remember exactly the uh, short stories that go on there, but I, you know what? I'm down to watch both of those again. Well, I actually bought uh, Tales from the Hood on uh, Voodoo, so. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the two that stand out in Tales from the Hood are the uh, Southern Plantation the, the politician guy that moves on to a southern plantation and the little doll, the little demon doll things come after him. And then the very last story of a guy trying to be re- rehabilitated in this. He's reliving all his crimes. Man, I'm telling you, I watched that movie half a dozen times on DVD. I, I, I It might have been one of the ones that came with my first DVD player where the, you got to send in the coupon and oh, get six, wow. six movies. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was one of that's how it was one of my very first DVDs. Embarrassed to admit, my very, very, very first DVD is awful. Because I went and bought my DVD player, plopped down my three hundred bucks, and I was like, okay, I got to buy a couple of DVDs to play in it. So I bought like Fear and Loathing, and Train Spotting, and you know some good movies. But then I got home and opened up my DVD player, and it came with a DVD. Therefore, my very first DVD was Batman and Robin. <laughs> Excellent. You cocksuckers. <laughs> oh, wow. Even pulling it out, it was like, you, you son yeah. of a... Forever now, I have to think of this. And what's cool is that, that that movie came out in, I believe, 1997. Yeah. And you, you were like me, an early adopter. You got a Blu-ray or a DVD oh, player. later than you. You're, you're a very early adopter. It was a couple years later. Okay. Cause my first one was, uh, Psycho. Uh, was, oh, I thought Predator was well, right that, in there. Uh, my first one that I actually purchased in a store was Psycho, but, uh, that there was actually one that came with my player, my Zenith 
DVD player. Um, and it was, um, oh shit. Um, I don't think it came with it, but you bought Predator. That was the first DVD that you and I watched together. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that I recall. Because we were like, damn, Dolby 5.1 is... is way different than Dolby yeah. 2.0. <laughs> and everybody, yep. everybody else is like, everybody else in our world pre-internet is going, what's Dolby? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> and you and what I, do you I mean are it like, comes in different speakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we both sat there just reveling in the awesomeness that was House on Haunted Hill. Oh, and how, that was scary. Like, but Yes, it I, was. But Predator, I, I, that's my first real awesome memory of uh, DVD was... You and I watching Predator, a movie we have watched dozens of times together, separately, and being scared by it. Like, I watched, that was the first time I watched it. I was like, this is a horror movie. Like, I'm afraid. And yeah. <laughs> we watched it in the afternoon. It wasn't even nighttime, I don't yeah. think. I mean, the light was still out, but, oh, that's great. Oh, it's fantastic. Good times. And now we are officially desensitized. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. We haven't uh, got onto the Atmos train yet. No, yeah, that's true. They've got these ground ground set speakers that bounce off your ceiling. We haven't messed with that yet, uh, let yeah. alone the ones that you mount actually on the ceiling. And and have we been to an Atmos theater yet? No. I mean, I'm not sure if the one I, here in town is there one here that, in town. I mean, Tinseltown. I don't think they have it here in at uh, Tinseltown. No. I, to my knowledge, I, I think it's it's just New York, LA right now. Okay, so yeah, I. I'm sure it's awesome. Uh, I'm sure it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so there you go. There's yeah. my reviews. Okay. Good enough. Let's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good enough. Full pumpkin land. Not great. Not great. But not great. that'll do. That'll do, pig. Acceptable. <laughs> uh, okay, we're full on in pumpkin land, and it's time to wrap this up. I think we've uh, instigated each other enough into drinking enough to be slurry enough oh. that we can finish up this stupid episode. There you go. Good. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can get a hold of us at all of the usual places. Movie Freaks Pod is a keyword for yahoo.com for mail. Uh, Facebook. Yeah, that's where most of our happenings are. Go there. We do written reviews. We might be looking for more people to do written reviews. Hit us up there. Let us know if you're interested in doing something like that. Twitter, Movie Freaks Pod keyword again. That's going to be it for this episode. I'm Eric Warner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. <sighs> I am done. Me, me too. Me too. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>